Welcome to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. I'm John Sierra Reinecker, and I'm going to be your host on today's episode. Today, we're talking about how to gain exposure as an independent artist with Rico Brooks, talent manager, Sean McPherson, primary talent buyer for Smith's O Bar, and Andrea, CEO of Theory Communications. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Good. So let's start here. Can each of you give our listeners a quick overview on who you are and your current role in the music industry? And whoever wants to go first. <laughs> Ladies first. Ladies first. We're not going to do this every time, guys. Sometimes <laughs> i got to think about my answer. Um, but my name's Andrea Hamilton. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Theory Communications. Um, it's an integrative communications agency that I launched. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary two days ago, um, my sister and I, Erica. And so we, in essence, for the most part, are publicists, but it's, like I said, an integrated communications agency. So we do digital and traditional marketing, brand development, social media events, and a whole lot of stuff for sports, entertainment, and lifestyle clients. Um, we work with a lot of labels with their indie artists. So this is kind of my realm. We deal with Rock Nation, with Empire, Grand Hustle, TIG. I mean, we work with almost all of the, la- like, <laughs> at some point on their indie artists. So that's a strong point for our, us as well as the NBA and NFL clients. Got it. Rico? Dope. Um, Rico Brooks, uh, CEO of Adela Thomas Management. Um, I'm also a publisher, too, and a consultant. But, yeah, that's basically what I do. Um, deal with a lot of producers and um, I have writers signed to me, and I consult labels, too. Cool. And Sean? Uh, Sean McPherson. I'm, uh, amongst many things, I wear many hats, but um, I'm the primary talent buyer at Smith's Old Bar. Um, We're an independent concert promoter here in Atlanta, Georgia. We've been around for 25 years. We book upwards of 500 concerts a year, two rooms, and most of them are developing talent. Um, I also manage an act, too, that's kind of relevant to this conversation. Awesome. So all of us here know that being an independent artist can be a very expensive journey. As we are talking today about how to gain exposure as an independent artist, can each of you talk about how independent artists should invest in themselves in this area? Is there a specific budget which independent artists should set aside to allocate towards exposure initiatives? Uh, I would say yes. Um, Say, for example, if if you want to hire a company like Theory, you know, um, I'm assuming you guys do bios, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. you would need a budget, like a lot of, uh, you know, just some of the basic stuff, like you need budget to, like, get pictures. You, now with the, uh, you know, with the advancing technology, a lot of things have become, like, cheaper or not as expensive as it once was, like recording and things like that. But you still need professional right. and uh, quality people. So th- th- that's going to cost money. And then the higher you get up the ladder, um, sometimes things some people do things for you free, but you still would need a budget if you want to like do things like some programs that theory may uh, provide, and then also if you want to do like marketing campaigns and like radio campaigns and things like that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, advertising and marketing costs money. That's the bottom line, right. and and it's very time. Um, it, it's time consuming, so somebody has to do a lot of like labor intensive work, and that's basically kind of what you're paying for, especially on the publicity side. Mm-hmm. On the advertising side, I mean, you know, Facebook and Instagram and billboards and all these other, uh, you know, traffic areas. They're just they're not free, you know. So you're gonna need a you're gonna need a media budget. So any way you look at it, even if you do get somebody who's willing to kind of do some of the work for you on your behalf for free, th- those you know, Facebook isn't free, and it's never going to be. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They basically summed up the answers just for branding and for marketing and advertisement 
every artist needs it. Obviously, the budgets will grow as you become larger. So I can't set a dollar amount on it per se, um, but you just need to have something and then allocate those funds properly to what's most important for what you're pushing at the time. Got it. I, I can add to that. Yeah. Um, it, 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 they say when you're starting a business, which mm-hmm. is kind of what you're doing if you're an independent artist, if you were starting an ice cream shop, mm-hmm. you know, you would take 10% of all your sales and allocate that towards marketing. Mm-hmm. So if that can give you an idea of what you should be spending on marketing, at, at the least is 10%. It's 15 or 20 is, is a really healthy business. Got it. So now actually going back to your point there with kind of giving like an estimate of a dollar amount, what if the number is 0% and you're just like starting, starting out, but you want to put your best foot forward, what would be a roundabout number that folks should think about putting aside for this? Just in general. Like if I wanted to do maybe a, uh, uh, well, that would be included like a Facebook ad or, you know, maybe I wanted to bring on a PR person to help in that area. Like just overall when it comes to marketing, what would be like an estimate for those starting out? Um, I would first start off if, if you can get together hundreds of dollars and then later on it will be thousands of dollars if that can get you an idea of what you should be spending. You know, I, I've had artists and clients who have, you know, gone really big with uh, big companies like Shorefire or something like that and you can spend upwards of twenty to $40,000 on a campaign. Exactly. I'm not recommending you do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> on Especially your first single release. Stages, right. Right. <laughs> you know, to hire Bruce Springsteen's publicist, but, you know... <laughs> I'm saying, you know, uh, if you're, if you, you know, you need to get together a couple hundred dollars at least for media to just to get started into the game. And if you really want to talk about hiring somebody of her qualifications, it's going to be thousands of dollars, not hundreds. For sure. Yeah. Rico, anything to add on? No, I totally agree. Like, you know, you're going to have to have a budget. Like, like you said, like some of the the higher end firms could be like thousands of dollars a month. I know some PR firms charge like five thousand a month. Like, if you're going to do like some, um, we did some digital ads for uh, artists I was working with, and um, like just the, when we did the day campaign, like when you ride through downtown to Georgia State, those are like ten thousand dollars a day. You know, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Rico, let's start with you since you kind of wrapped up that last question. As an artist manager, what <laughs> advice do you have on how independent artists can gain exposure? Yeah, I like to start with the artist because there's no, like, cookie-cutter formula. So basically what I do is I start with the artist and I say, what are your goals, what are your objectives? And based on that, then we define a roadmap to exposure. Like, some artists, or some some guys, they don't want exposure. They just use their platform. They say, okay, I got, like, this many people. Why would I hire this? Why would I go do an interview with a blog that has, like, a 1,000 followers when I can just put it out on my platform and I have for example, 100,000. So the good thing about it, we've uh, you can cut through the noise if you have a platform, like if you have a larger platform. But if you're a smaller artist, I say do any and everything you can until you get to a point where you only have to do what you want to do, if that kind of helps you. Okay, got it. And then I'm going to shift gears to Andrea. Can you speak to what a PR agency is and how it can help artists to gain exposure? Okay, yeah, because it's a highly confused um job position especially artists don't really understand our role in the process so a publicist our main goal is to connect the uh, an, an entity a product a brand to the public and the press so we are the people who bridge that gap and 
um, raise their profile in that sense and put them on a platform um, in front of all of their audience to try to promote whatever it is they're selling, whether it's music, if it's a beauty brand, hair, if you're an athlete, whatever. Whatever we're selling, that's what our job is like at the core. But obviously there's a lot of other things that go into it. Um, I think the the biggest misconception is that people hire publicists and then they think the next day they're going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. <laughs> and that's just not how it works. Like it's simply, it's, it's honestly a very long process of storytelling. So we have to constantly come up with a whole storyline and, and process and tell this story. And it may take months for a new artist before they really start seeing some type of real pickup because we're in a, um, the stage we're in now, it's, like you have to kind of keep up with the Joneses. Like luckily I, I hire young and they kind of keep me even on top of what's going on. But you know, with social media like and, and just digital space, the traditional public relations has completely shifted. And so you have to be very content driven and you can do a lot yourself. Like I don't like to bring on a lot of brand new artists that may not have a lot of followers that may not even have a manager at the time because I know like you're paying me for nothing. Because at this point in your career, you're not in a space to even need me. Um, you have to do a lot of footwork before you really should hire a publicist, honestly. Um, some people may take your money, but I, I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> that. I'm going to be honest and say that you're not in a space right yeah, now. Yeah, some publicists will definitely take your money. Yeah, yeah they will. Her, but <laughs> no, that's the truth. Because I met they, these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I hear it all the time, but the reality is, is for a new artist, there may, like in the beginning, I may say, hey, we'll just hire us now and we'll work on brand development. So we may, it's almost like artist relations or whatever, you know, when you're, or like when you're developing an artist, we go in that phase before we even start really pitching you because you're just not ready. So that's kind of, but you definitely need one once you really start rolling out music and you already have content that's existed out and some type of local following. More than anything, you need to have like your hometown rock with you to some extent. Your yeah. brand needs to be developed to, yeah. to some extent when you approach somebody of her qualifications. She, she's more like the amplifier and not the guitar. Like she can't create the content for exactly. you. You know what yeah. I mean? You have to have a good you manager and you the artist has to be on point. So it's like the manager and the artist have to be doing their job to lay the groundwork yeah. and now we're just picking up what they have. Again, we're just taking a product and selling it now. They're, yeah, they're we amplifying can't create it. it. And they're bringing yeah. it to press outlets that can really, you know, pour some gas on the fire, yeah. so to yeah. speak. Yeah. I want to add to that too. I remember when I was uh, managing Gorilla Zoe and we were coming into, I think his second album, and we were like trying to, because Zoe was at a point where he was like, man, I should be on the cover. I should do this. I should be doing this and that. And uh, I was talking to Sidney Markson, uh, one of the PR guys, his PR rep at Atlantic. But he also represented T.I. this time, right? But T.I. was getting like all the press, all the coverage, right? And I'm like, so I went to Sydney and I was like, why is T.I. getting all this press and looks? But the story, he told me like, Rico, you really have to have a hook. You have to have a story. So um, T.I. was getting ready to go back to jail, right? So everybody wanted to talk to T.I. because he had a story. Zoe was like, okay, I got great music. But he just said, like, assume everybody has great music. What is your story? How do you cut through? So Zoe came up with this campaign, like, he was actually trying to lose weight, right? And then everybody, like, all those outlets that, like, diet and different things, like, people started coming to him because he was really doing something that people could connect and relate to. So if you're an artist uh, com uh, coming up, you can't just say, oh, my music is great. You have to have a story. Like, what is your hook? Like, what is going to attach people to you? Like, are you, is there something that connects you to the mm -hmm. community and that cuts through the noise in a unique, genuine way that people can relate to? 
Well, even more so now, I tell all my clients in the beginning is that people buy into a lifestyle before they even buy into what you're selling um, because of social media. So social media has created this platform that people just want to like you. We've seen it it happen with Cardi B. She's a prime example of being relatable and being raw and organic and real will win right now in this this era and the climate that we're in. So you have to show like your life you know to some extent and and create this like image that is something that people want to to buy into and be and then whatever you sell at that point whether it's music or products they're going to just buy into because they just love your lifestyle and who you are yep yeah social media is very image driven Mm -hmm. and um there's a metric i heard uh, somewhere it's like uh 50% 50% of all the people looking through their news feed are looking at videos with the sound off. So yeah, what does that tell me as a manager? <laughs> I don't have a compelling video to grab you within the first five seconds. The song is irrelevant because 50% of the people looking through their feed are are not even hearing the song. You know, yeah. So yeah. yes, having a great song it probably will trump everything, but in, in the day and age of social media, if you're going to use that platform to promote your music, a compelling video, a compelling content, a compelling story, what these guys are trying to say, yep. is, is, is uh, it's, it's the first thing you need to have. Yeah, Good. and I would like to add also to up-and-coming artists, like, don't do it just for the likes. Like, um, I see some artists, like, I was, I'm not going to name the name, but I was, this is an artist, he had, like, a, a couple of, like, recent local hits, regional hits, and then, like, so what's happening is, like, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are doing it for clout. So I went to his page and like he was doing things and I was just like, wow, you know, like this is like this is really honestly kind of sad. So I was like, really do it. Come from a genuine place and just know that people can always go back and look at this stuff. You don't want to do things and like sacrifice your future for the present because you're just doing it for the likes, you know. Just to elaborate on that, like what kind of things so people so, know what to sh- kind of stay away okay, from. Okay, like what um well we'll just take the example of six nine, right? Like I read a story in Rolling Stone, it was really sad, like this kid had like an eighth grade education. He was working at a grocery store, right? Then he started doing things. He got into music. He had a kid. And then he's, but then once he became more popular, you know, he started putting like guns in his uh, Instagram feed and like doing things that like really were not cool. But that wasn't the story I was talking about. The guy I was talking about was like, he was like taking pictures. He was like, he was like, if I say the whole story, yeah, you know, yeah, who, it don't know but, who it is. But 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 basically, <laughs> like, um, the stuff like I wouldn't want to show my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Got so it's just like, bro, don't put that. Like, you know, like, cause like, you know, like, the authorities are actually on social media too. So if you put yourself in a compromising position, you know, don't be surprised if certain people show up. You know, if at your at your spot, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, likes are likes on Facebook. They're not dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. so you use your social media platform as uh, let's say like you used to use radio or MTV back in the day. They're not the actual conversion metric we're talking about. I mean, you're trying to sell tickets or get streams on Spotify. Right. And that's how your career is going to move forward. Now, the first thing is, is, is getting some likes on your Facebook page to get some traffic in order to convert that to those metrics. But if you're just doing it to get likes, you're only completing 25% of the equation. It's not the 25% that's going to give you a career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let's actually talk a little bit about that, Sean. Um, and I know we kind of talked about this before we started the recording, but like, those metrics can obviously translate into dollars down the line. So this is actually proposed to everybody here, but like, how do you get to that place where you turn turn those Facebook likes, those Instagram likes into money? So how do you do that? On the live side, I can speak to that. You know, um, 
obviously, uh, also if you're if you're running traffic and having likes and, and stuff on on uh, on Facebook and Instagram, that's great. As a promoter, I can look at that and I'll go on somebody's Instagram, you know, feed and say every time they post this a picture of anything, they're getting X Y Z likes, you know, and I'll say. Uh, well, that's great because if they post a picture of the concert, I'm going to book them at. There's going to be a lot of likes, which means a lot of people are looking at that poster. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bottom line is this. If you can have 100,000 likes on Facebook, but at the end of the day, I'm going to ask you another question. I'm going to say, that's great, um, and you have a million streams on Spotify, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Have you played in the Atlanta market before, and do you have a ticket history? And if your answer is no, we've never played in Atlanta before, I'm probably not going to give you a $5,000 guarantee. <laughs> I'm probably going to say, hmm. Well, that's a big risk, you know. Um, so you got to establish a ticketed history in the in the marketplace. Once you have that, you can leverage a, uh, more money up front for your shows. But just because somebody has a lot of likes on Facebook doesn't mean they're going to sell a lot of tickets. Just somebody just doesn't have a lot of likes doesn't mean they're not going to sell a lot of tickets. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, if somebody has a lot of likes on Facebook and a lot of streams on Spotify and a lot all across all of their platforms, down to YouTube and then you know SoundCloud, you can bet they have a lot of fans because yeah. it means they have a, a, an active fan base that is going from platform to platform, following them around. And I can reasonably believe, as a talent buyer, they might want to purchase a ticket to buy a show to a show. You know, yeah. which is ultimately how you're going to convert into into dollars. You know. Um, and uh, you know, once you have that mark, once you once you've been to a reputable uh, venue in any market, if you have sold out the Tabernacle, I mean, and the the uh, you know the, the the folks over at Live Nation can reasonably believe you're going to do four or five thousand tickets next time, and they can make an appropriate offer for, for that kind of business. You know. Right. Um, yep. And I wanted to add to that. Um, what what I've done on what we've done on our side is like uh, certain brands and certain certain companies. They won't even like. Uh, like if they're doing a specific campaign, they won't even like consider you if you don't have a certain amount of followers, right? And then I also look at engagement too because right. you know people buy followers, but it's like okay, what is your engagement, your rate of engagement? So for example, what we do, we leverage those um, his the followers, and then we say okay, cool for this, we'll go to this brand and we'll do this, we'll post, and we try to stay away from like the actual uh, Instagram page, but we'll do the the um, the live page, you know, because we know that. Most people don't like to be promoted to, but they will like look at your story and you can put it in there and it's, it becomes more like natural versus like here, buy this or here. Then mm-hmm. I don't want to be sold, but I'll look at your story. If I see something cool, you know, I'll, you can swipe up and click on it and go there. But so those are ways you can do it. You can leverage, like say, for example, traditionally where historically up until like the past four years, you know, the music industry, the sales have been going down. Right. And so what what artists have been doing with like taking their um, followers and, and leveraging those to get like deals with brands and stuff to make up for the income that they were losing on the recorded side. But now, you know, streaming is up. Artists are making money again. Labels too. Anything to add? (laughs) They basically all, they called it. Okay, cool. So Sean, I'm going to go back to you and I know you kind of tapped on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get a little bit more specific. So as a talent buyer, what are the key things you look for when deciding to book an artist at your venue? Well, like I was saying, uh, a ticket history is, is probably, t- would say, the trump card, so to speak. I mean, if you can sit, sit there and say, we played at my competing you know, c- club down the street and we sold 100 tickets last time, I can very reasonably think that you're going to sell 100 tickets again this time. So then it just becomes more or less a math equation at that point. But if I'm looking at a, an artist with no ticket history and as is, is an up-and-coming artist and has never played anywhere, I'll look at basically what he was saying, engagement across all platforms. So it's like... You can very easily buy a lot of Facebook likes. So uh, that's not 
on its own a great metric. But if mm-hmm. I'm seeing like it, you know, it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, and it's yellow, maybe it's a duck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, like um, I'm gonna look, and if you have you know a hundred thousand Facebook likes, and then I go over to your Spotify and I say, okay, there, there's millions of streams here on on more than one song. It's usually when it's one song, it's that song was in a movie or a commercial or something like that, and the rest of the songs say 5,000 on it. I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. And, um, you know, you go to YouTube, and they have a video and it, or several videos that are getting traction, you know. Um, then I, and, and you're looking, and all the posts are, are on their Instagram are getting a lot of uh, comments as well as likes. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, there's some engagement there. I can reasonably believe this person can um, manage to promote a show or be a partner in promoting the show with me. Next thing I'm looking for is, uh, are they signed to a major agency? Do they have a major manager? Or at least anybody, any manager, t- willing to believe in them? Because that in itself is a metric. If you got a, a guy willing to work for 15% of something, there must be something coming in because he probably wouldn't be working 100% for free if there was nothing coming in, you know? Exactly. So all these things come into consideration. Of course, I'm listening to the music, you know, um, if, if, if you're the type of, you know, Smith has specific genres we have uh, robust, like, buyer data on, and we do a lot of those concerts, so I know I can hit my people up, you know. If I don't do a lot of, you know, metal shows, so to speak, I mean, I'm just going to pass on a lot of that stuff because I'm just like, I don't, I don't really have the buyer data unless you're very compelling, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm probably not going to give you a Friday or Saturday night and a, a truckload of money up front. I'm probably going to say... Maybe I'll give you a, a Monday, you know, <laughs> and there's a door split. And it's a back end door split to where yeah. I get my money first, you know. Um, and, and if you have uh, all these things I was talking about earlier, and uh, maybe I'm going to give you more of a, a prime spot, you know, more of a, an equitable deal, so to speak. And I want to add to that from the artist representation side, like if you're an up and coming artist or a manager, and your and your um, talent buyer is asking you to, or the club is asking you to post a flyer on their Facebook page or whatever. We also ask for a reciprocal like buy-in on their side. So don't just have us post it, and you're not gonna do anything. You have to commit dollars to boost that ad. Yeah. You know, so I always right. make ask for um, the promoters to, hey, look, you want us to post this flyer to promote your club? You show, yeah, yeah we're getting you paid. You look at the offer. If there's an advertising budget, which there usually is, especially yeah. in an upfront offer, you're yeah. entitled to some of that on the artist side as well, and that's the manager's job to yes. ask for that. or to, So they're to actually that. helping to promote you too, not just you're promoting the show, which you're going to get exposure to, but they're going to boost it on their end too. Ideally, you're, you're doing it on both sides. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm spending money on my platforms, which are, are, are robust, you yeah. know, for to fans of the club and fans of uh, the market, you know, and you're you're promoting directly to your fans, yeah. and we're helping you with that financially, and that's all decided in the offer and the marketing budget. And yeah. you'd be surprised how many agents and managers don't ask about the marketing budget when yeah. looking at an offer, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I'm a, a buyer and a manager, and and sometimes if the offer uh, up front is a little low, and I see a high marketing budget, then I say. Well, this guy's this guy's willing to spend some money on marketing, so this is a good play for my right. artist because he's exactly. going to do his job promoting. But if he has a very low marketing budget, I'm like, this guy's going to expect us to do all the work <laughs> and spend all the money. Look, right. it's right there. It says it in black and white. <laughs> right. He sent it to me. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very important. So, Rico, this is for you and Sean. You can feel free to chime in as well. But how do you scout new artists to work with? Yeah, honestly, most of my um, clients have come from trusted sources. Like, <laughs> no. Got to be at this point. Referrals is how everybody does it. Right. When I, when I was just thinking about it. Like, um, literally, like, most of my producer clients came from Sunny Digital. Like, uh, Sunny Digital was my first uh, producer client that I managed. And um, so... If, 
Metro when he dropped out of uh, Morehouse. He came to stay with Sonny. He liked what I was doing with Sonny. He was like, bro, can you do this for me? You mm-hmm. know, so we started there. And then um, B. Weezy uh, was hanging out over there. Um, D. Rich. I mean, literally, and they, uh, I beats is here now from, from Budapest, Germany. Budapest, Hungary, right? He didn't speak English. He, he's since learned English. <laughs> but B. Weezy said, hey, man, there's a guy. Check him out. I heard his beats. His beats were like, it like they cut me, they cut through the noise. Um, I signed them up, sent some records to Oliver. Oliver gave the beat to Drake, and we have Galachester. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it's trusted sources like uh, uh, Bobby Johnson. He's who did 7-Eleven for Beyonce. Um, he did the OG Bobby Johnson for, record for Q. He's turned me on the producers. So like, check this guy out because I trust and I listen to my talent because those are the guys that they know what's new, what's next. So trusted sources. I don't. A couple of times I listened to my ear, and I've been right like <laughs> once, right? You know, um, but most of the time it's trusted sources. Cool. Yes, cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually in the process of looking at somebody right now. It's 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 definitely like, of course, the the gut is the first thing. Like I gotta be grabbed by the music, and for me, that's a song. I'm a song guy. I love the Beatles. That's my thing. You know. Um, but there's a lot of other things, too, um, and there's usually a process. I have a trusted team of people that I work with on different projects, lawyers and publicists and um, <clears throat> even label folks I know and, and agencies I work with every day. So I'm, there's usually a period where I've learned that, first of all, you don't rush into anything too fast. It's like a, it's like a marriage. you got to date for a little while first before you just <laughs> like, can you marry me? Yep. And so it's like I'll, I'll, I'll float it around to some of my inner circle and, and just get and watch their honest opinion. I mean, I won't even say I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'll just say, what do you think about this? You know? Yeah. And um, if I'm not getting immediately, like, this is great, like, right back, then there's something, there's something <laughs> that, that, that maybe I'm the only one who thinks this is great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So this is for everyone. What are some of the biggest mistakes each of you see new artists make when it comes to their career? I oh. think first, well, on my end, um, something that I do with all my clients, so not even just artists, um, I have to take a good look at who they have around them and who they have quotations working for them. Um, I think a lot of artists have trouble because they hire their friends to do jobs that need qualified individuals. And not saying that in a bad way because I'm all for you know bringing up the people that are with you, but you have to have at least one or two veteran individuals who are qualified to manage or be your publicist. On, on both ends, honestly. Um, and then they can maybe shadow, the, the the friend can shadow, because I see a lot of people have their friends come in and they, they want to manage or they have been managing them or helping them out. And it's very difficult for them to navigate um, and get things done because they don't have relationships. They don't really know what they're doing, but they don't want to break that tie. So I think that, in my opinion, I always like say, hey, let's sit down. Who do you have working for you? Okay, this is now their new role. We're going to bring someone else in. They're going to watch how they do it, and still maybe they can just do bookings while this person actually does real, you know, the, the day-to-day management. I mean, but this is the realistic, like, you have to do because uh, when especially dealing with hip-hop artists and athletes, 
they have maybe a group of 40 people with them and they all have a role, but you know, you have to be able to have some type of seasoned individual that can help guide the whole troops and have those real relationships because we're in an industry right now where it's relationship based. It has nothing to do with experience. Everything now is almost specifically about your relationships. So if you are new, if everyone on your team is brand new to this, it's going to be very difficult for you to get far or get ahead because no one has any relationships. Yep, 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 I agree. Um, some of the things I've noticed is just like um, not having, uh, not being true to themselves. Say, for example, like I was working with a, with a client and um, he made a very, very hard song, right? So it attracted out the worst. When we did clubs, like we weren't going to Buckhead. We were going to like Bankhead, for example. But that brought a certain crowd and audience. But this, the, the music resonated so much, that song, that they, the, the people that it attracted, they wanted to touch you. They wanted to know, are you really about that life, right? Mm -hmm. But he really wasn't about that life. So I was like, maybe he shouldn't have made this song because when we would go to certain cities, like it would be like a, a big thing because he really wasn't that. He didn't he didn't play, he didn't like fit the part. Like it wasn't him. It wasn't who he was. He wasn't it wasn't his him his authentic self. So it kind of put us in a situation where we always had to like be on our toes because he wasn't comfortable with that position. Um, I mean, that the, the persona that he represented, they presented, he, it really wasn't him. So yeah. he wasn't his true self. So artists, be your true self. Because sometimes when, if you start out a certain way, you know, they're going to want, even though you can change, but they're generally going to want you to kind of stay on the same career path, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it all boils down to most artists that I work with that are young all make the same mistake. Um, they want to run before they can walk or before <laughs> they can even crawl. And they're not really goal-oriented. So they're just kind of, firing their efforts all into different directions, you know, and kind of flailing around and not really getting anywhere. So mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you don't you don't need to be in a rush to find or build a team. You can do a lot of this stuff yourself, especially at first, because if you pick the wrong team members and sign contracts with them, like a, a manager who's not necessarily a great manager or a label that doesn't necessarily have you as a priority, you can be you can really really damage your career, and it, it could cost you a lot of money to get out of those situations, and, and in most cases will kill your career. So don't don't be quick to 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 run into a deal, you know, um, and uh, you know I I just feel like I'll talk to artists about touring. I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday who's doing de artist development, and and he was immediately talking about doing like a 30 or 40 day tour run. I'm like, you don't even have an agent yet. I'm like, you need to really worry about mm -hmm. just building a couple of markets around here and targeting, building the right places, you know? Yeah. And, and it's amazing what one, one sold out show will do for you. You know, you don't need to go out and do 40 or 50 at a time. And, uh, fail at most of them, you know, right. and come back with a bunch of destroyed relationships <laughs> as opposed to yeah. really what you're trying to accomplish. You can kind of just say, we're going to do, we're just going to do this. We're going to try to release this one record, this one single, and we're going to try to get our Spotify streams up. That is our goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you just work on that one thing, other things, like the, the rising tide will flow all boats. Like if you achieve, achieve your one or two goals, the other ones will start to kind of naturally go up by themselves as opposed to trying to do all of them all at the same time. Yep. Mm -hmm. you're, you're just, there's no way you, anybody can really do that. And, I agree. And, and let the team people come to you. Don't be so, you know, running out there trying to chase people because there's a saying in the business, it's uh, desperation is the world's worst cologne. <laughs> and uh, real estate agents actually have a term for it. It's called commission breath, they call wow. it, you know? <laughs> so it's like, if you seem desperate for a manager or an agent or somebody to help you or a publicist, mm -hmm. 
they're going to, it's just as human nature, as they're going to pick up on that. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. And immediately, they, it's going to be a big turnoff. Yeah. And then you're, you're, honestly, it's an opportunity cost because maybe down the road, you will be in a position where she wants to help you. Yeah. But she's just going to remember that first time. And exactly. she's probably going to pass or somebody else is going to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So yeah. you really don't understand what you're doing. And I, and I know at first, you're kind of out there on the ocean in a little boat by yourself. And you're like, man, I need some help. But if you just look at it like, you know, one step at a time, it becomes a lot more manageable on your own. And then help will come if you start moving forward. Yeah. I want to add to that because sometimes I've, ha- I've had clients that wanted to go and they weren't ready. So, and then we look back in hindsight, we realize that even though I kind of knew it then, but if an artist's mind is set up, you kind of got to let them go with yeah. what they want to do. It's like, but in hindsight, the, the, the um, idea is that a no look was better than, sometimes a no look is better than the look that you've just got because now we have to dig out of this hole because right. you went out and you, you really didn't sell tickets. And so now we got to start yeah. at ground zero versus like if we had a question, if we could have put you with like a, as strong support with someone that did sell tickets, like, and then we can start building you up from there, you know? Yeah. It's really about knowing your analytics, honestly, on the back end, because if they really, if artists educated themselves on, like, being able to obtain their Spotify and title, whatever, analytics, they would know their markets, and then, as, as you said, just master the two or three, own those, know that when you come to this market, you're doing nothing but sold-out shows. Now you have content where everyone else can see, like, wow, Yep. They're killing these shows right here. Like I, I kind of want them in my city, and it will, it will also make other consumers see like this show is lit. He, uh, he has all these fans here, et cetera. Yep. Now we want to kind of check him out and see more about his music. So you do need to like really know and understand your analytics and know who you're even marketing and serving to, because a lot of uh, often with artists, they just have their like you said Rico they have their mindset okay yeah. I deal with it all the time I make a whole rollout and then they just drop it whenever they want yeah. or they just do whatever they want they feel like they know who their audience is but you've yeah. never even test marketed it just because you may be from the hood that may not be the streets may not be your audience exactly. and that's the thing so you have to really test market and understand who are you really selling to because it could be the hipster kids or it could be suburban children and that may be the ones that actually are streaming your music and now you've spent so much marketing dollars and effort and time marketing mm-hmm. to a crowd that does that's it's on deaf falling on deaf ears yeah. so really understanding the back end of things and who you're really marketing to exactly yeah. and a good another just to add on to that like um, we've done some shows with like some of my guys we did some frats right this is the good side of it so say for example we do auburn university right so if your kids at Auburn, they have friends that go to, like, other SEC schools, other frats, right? So they go to, and then when they post it to their socials, then they friends at Georgia, like, oh, snap, he was, he mm. killed that show. Let's book him next semester or whatever. And then the kids, the friends at Tennessee, like, oh, that was dope. So it can spread in a good way if it does, if you do it, you know, if you do it right, you know. Okay. So not too long ago, I actually spoke to students at Spelman um, College on how to like navigate the business, how to be successful. And one interesting question that came up was regarding one um, or the look for an artist, like how an artist should dress, what should their fashion be, etc. So I want to ask each of you, how do you feel um, or do you feel it's important for new artists to also focus on their physical appearance and image? How important is that to one's success? 
Well, in my, in my case, <laughs> yes, image is everything. But there's no specific. I can't tell you how to be you. Yeah. So the thing is, is that you need, to, and I always, I have a very long initial conversation with everybody I work with. And another thing that I discuss is that once we start rolling you out, understand this is who you are now. So there's only so much change, but the change has to be progression, not you've just completely flipped sides. So you can't be this person who maybe speaks out on activism and things like that 24-7 on, on, on social media, but then in real life you're not acting like that. So you have to figure out yourself. Who are you? How, what is your personal style? Are you being unapologetically yourself? Because if you just if I dress you every day and put you in things that you're not comfortable in, people will read that. And then one day you're going to wake up and say, I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this shit anymore. Excuse my language. And then you're going to be yourself. And now your fans are like, we don't, who is, like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah. so you have to really sit back and figure out who you are before you do anything, let alone your image. Like, you need to understand what type of artist are you going to be across the board from your look to your sound to your music, what your interests are, et cetera. Because like I said, we're buying into a lifestyle. So, once we get to that point, yeah, like we can figure out this is your style, this is your image, and now we can tweak it and make it look even more dope or whatever, but I still just kind of want you to be you. It's all about your like presence and persona. Like do you own a room when you walk in? We do media training. I'd rather you, you can dress however you want, but if you can walk into that room and like everyone gravitates towards you because you have that type of energy and confidence, then that's more so what you need to work on is your, is your confidence. Exactly. Um, I want to add from a manager, we're selling. It's very important, but it's also very important to be your authentic self. Um, I was just reading the GQ article on um, cover story on um, J. Cole, right? He was talking about when he went to the award show and they were saying, well, maybe you could be a bigger artist if you dressed a certain way, if you did a certain played the role, played the part, right? So he wore the sweater, the Versace sweater that they told him to wear, the, the stylist picked out, right? And when he got there, like, two other artists had the same sweater <laughs> on. <laughs> he was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm never doing this. I'm following my my heart. Yeah. And so he started dressing like he dressed, right? <laughs> and um, and it, cool, it worked for him, right? But it was a natural extension of who he is, you know? So if you I always tell my clients, make sure, because once this goes out, like, don't never take a picture that you don't want to be out there or don't wear an outfit that you don't want to be out there. If you're not comfortable with it, let's, let's kill this right here in the dressing room. Because once you take that picture for GQ or whatever platform, it's out there. So always be comfortable. So it's very important. It should be a natural extension of yourself. The best marketing plans, the best plans are the ones that are an extension of what they were doing anyway. So you see, I remember back in the day, Artists would take deals with like um, certain companies, but they didn't. They didn't represent those products. They meant those products. They didn't even use them. So they 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 doing an ad for like a mm -hmm. for like this phone. But you see them on on social media. They have an iPhone. Like, bro, just do it right. Don't just take <laughs> right. the check. Like, you don't right. even drink. Pepsi, you drink Coke, you know, just go talk to the people at Coke, you know, because yeah. you don't want to be hiding like, oh, Snoop, I can't wear these kind of sneakers because I'm in this other deal, you know, so just make it a natural extension of yourself. And I learned to just turn those down because the upfront money is not worth what it's going to cost because then you get a, a name of like, oh, this guy or this person, they're not, they don't, okay, we signed this deal, but they didn't even do what was asked to them. They don't, they won't even they wear even the product. Because they don't they even don't like it. it. Yeah, so I, I was like, don't even take the money. I was like, bro, but it's it's stacks. I'm like, it's easy money. Yeah, but you don't wear that product. So don't, sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to kill this right now. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, something uh, somebody said to me a long time ago, a lawyer, uh, my entertainment lawyer, um, 
he said, uh, Sean, what are you doing this Friday? And I said, I'm going to see a band at the at Smith's or at the Earl. And he goes, you see what you just said? You didn't say I'm going to hear a band. You said I'm going to see a band. So that's how important image is. Yes. Um, and I think most people at this table completely understand that. Most successful artists completely understand that. But from, from an artist uh, who's just starting off, I see a lot of this. You got some guys in a band who are just, they're great musicians, but they look like they just rolled in from third period or <laughs> yeah. off the golf course or whatever. And they're like, gee, I can't figure out why yeah. nobody's at my show. And I'm yeah. like, it's good probably because your pager's on your on your belt. Like, what you yeah. know, you don't look like a rock star, man. And it goes back to marketing and branding. Like, if you sound like a rock, if you sound like the Foo Fighters, you know what I mean? And you should at least, I'm not saying look like Dave Grohl, but like, you should look like, you shouldn't look like a metal band. You shouldn't, you shouldn't look like a hip hop artist. You have to have to fit inside that lane exactly. somehow. You know what I mean? So, it, and you know, it's the same thing down through all your social platforms and everything. Like, people are on your website. If it's black or if it's gray or if it's orange, when they go to your you know, your your Facebook page, that should also be the same color co coordination. Right. You know what I mean? Because, like, they want to feel like they're in your sphere. You know, you got them in your little world, you know, and all of those things are part of your little world, including the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you act in public, and the, the endorsement deals you take. It's like mm -hmm. everything must fit into the lane of you right. and inside your world, and you are the center and CEO of that world. And if it doesn't make sense and it doesn't fit, you should really look at that and yeah. say... Yeah, this guy's offering me a lot of money, but like, maybe, maybe you know, I drink Coke, and everybody knows that taking Pepsi would be like, because the guy offering you the check, he's he's got his own personal motives. You know what I mean? And it, it's not what's good for you; it's what's yeah. good for the company. That's yeah. his job. And in this day and age, all they do is go to Twitter and yeah. dig up your old yeah. tweets about how much you love Coca Cola yeah. and Pepsi sucks. And now you're all over yeah. all the blogs for being fraud. And yeah. that's why I always tell people just. Just know Never who trade you your are. reputation yeah. for money. Right, all money it is will not good. Always, money. always <laughs> cost you more an opportunity cost in the long run if you trade your reputation exactly. for money. Exactly, and now I just want to add one more point. I was, I've been in rooms where artists have literally not gotten a deal because they didn't look the part. Or like we loved their music, but when they came to the room, mm -hmm. they didn't own the room or they didn't look like a star. But, but that's okay too if you're confident in who you are. Because I was been, I was, I'm gonna tell this story like. This is a, this is this is like crazy, right? So, Sunny Digital Twenty One used to always be at his apartment, right? Twenty One Savage, but Twenty One is like a calm, cool demeanor guy. We, um, La Re was in town to at Patchwork, and they were like, "We want to meet some artists." We had this artist like Sunny. He did, he wasn't signed to him, but we we're gonna walk the deal in. So, you know, if you know Twenty One, he's like chill, Bill, right? So we take him over there, and but La wants La is used to like showmanship. He wants to see like a performance. But 21 is a street dude. He's a gangster. He's not like, he might have a gun in his waist. Not, not saying he, he won't have no gun in his waist, but he's not going to dance. And he's not going to jump on the table like like some artists would. So the meeting passed. Like, he didn't sign. He was like, you know, he didn't he didn't look the part. He didn't do it. The music was cool, but he didn't do it. But then fast forward, uh, he came out with Savage Mode with Metro, the same deal that he could have gotten for like this. Like, now it's going to cost him like X times more because... Mm -hmm. He's now he's leveled up. He added he added more value. He's the same guy. He's he's if you go see a show now, he's not gonna be jumping and doing no somersaults. He's gonna be walking back and forth. But he added that value to himself and he believed it. And he just was his authentic self and he was not gonna dance and for anybody. Yeah. Anybody's first uh, record deal or, or deal in general is probably not gonna be the best one. You just yeah. don't have the leverage <laughs> at that point to, to really get you uh something that's kinda worth it. Uh, and I'm not saying don't go out and sign a record deal, but uh, you know, 
you just have to know that if you sign something with a manager or a label or an agency, anything early in the game, you know, you're not going to get uh, 100% of the resources, attention, and or the most leveraged, best deal you could possibly get out of them. Uh, you got to get that later on in the, in the yeah. game. And you have to build, build all the things we're talking about, metrics. And the more you build them, the more leverage you have in negotiating a better deal for yourself down the road. Exactly. Yeah. So everything they're looking for goes out the door when you have proof of concept. Right. You know, because I've heard people say, look, we don't like this. We're looking for this. We're looking for that. But let a guy from Atlanta named Lil Nas X come out with a country rap song that's going <laughs> crazy. Everybody's like, this is great. Let's just sign it. You know, they're not like, oh, this doesn't fit. How are we going to figure it out? Especially if it's in Yeah, if it's, right. if it's moving... Every yeah, they're riding the wave. Yeah, <laughs> you're streaming. It's, it's social proof. Going. You have yeah. yeah. If if you have millions of streams and, and more coming in every day, I mean, you can't as a, an executive or a talent buyer or whatever. I can't really argue with those numbers. Yeah. Right. And it's same thing. Like I said, the ticket history. If I'm booking a 300 cap club and my competitors <laughs> a 300 cap club down the street, and I'm like, I just sold out the club, two doors down from you. I have to look at that. I right. have to say, man, I mean, you know, unless I don't have the data or whatever, I, I got to do something yep. here and I got to make a right offer because this guy's got all the leverage. Yep. So besides social media and some of the other areas uh, that we've discussed, are there any other areas which independent artists should focus on to gain exposure? Um, in Atlanta, if you're like a trap artist, um, it's very important to have a presence, I say, like, in the in the clubs, you know, because mm -hmm. we were, like, Atlanta has the infrastructure for, like, uh, breaking artists ground up. So, like, you can literally make a record, um, get it mixed, mastered, and then you can take it to a, a DJ at a local club. If it's that type of music, I've seen it happen, like, Time and time again, from future to two chains. The strip clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. honestly, like yeah. In, 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 in hip hop, in the strip club. Yeah. The strippers are the best A and R's, as they say. Exactly. So it's like you know, you know, you have a hit record if you can go to the strip club yeah. and it goes. And guess up. who's in those clubs? The MDs, the PDs. Yeah. Exactly. And so they hear and they're like, "Oh snap, this is okay." Actually, and guess what's going in the, at mix show next week? You know, there was one. Um, PD here in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm not gonna put them on blast. You probably know who it I is. I know Hurricane Dave always gonna, in there, but he's doing his market okay, research. Okay, okay Hurricane, yeah, it's market, out there. It's market research. He says That's what it I tell. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it is though. I yeah. even tell my clients like, listen, get this little bit of budget, go to the strip clubs, toss the DJ maybe a little money, yeah. some buy him a drink. Work the record from the from the ground up. Yeah. Like a lot of people just go to straight to social media because there's a few people who just went viral and I think that that's a big misconception a lot of artists just think nowadays they can all just go viral and that's all they need they only depend on Instagram and, mm -hmm. and social yeah. media and it's like great tool but like you still if this if this crash tomorrow you have nothing now yeah. so you have to still do the footwork and network network across and up so you have to make sure like you said shake hands kiss babies that's all the time go to these events tell these people who you are get your 30 second pitch don't hand out music because we all know what happens with that when you're passing out CDs and stuff. Like, no one's listening to that anymore. Mm -hmm. But definitely making a relationship with these DJs is the most important thing. And they're at the, in Atlanta, they're at the clubs. Yeah. yeah, I hate to just to jump on that bandwagon and say how important the strip clubs are, apparently, in Atlanta. <laughs> but, like, I definitely remember a time where there was a major A&R guy. We got to come out and see a, a couple of bands, and we got them to fly into Atlanta by offering to take them to the pony. So, like, <laughs> like this is not you do business a in new the strip club. thing. Yeah. This is a, a thing that's been working for years in the music business. 
But like, and yeah, like it, it, it really is like you. And, and but beyond that, I mean, I've been at Smith's for 14 years now. I've made almost. 80% of all the relationships I've made. It just it, Not even in the music rooms, in the main room. You, you'll never know who you meet just hanging out in the club and being exactly. present. Right. And, yeah. and, and I try to tell artists this all the time. Like, you don't have to play a million shows, but you do have to go out every night. Right. You know? And you, you do, do have, have to be, be in the streets. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. And Atlanta You're not getting anything very, sitting in your apartment. Atlanta is that market that I always say is very special because everyone's guard is down when they come to Atlanta. You can meet the same music executive in L.A., and they're not even going to give you any time of day. They're going to walk right past you. Same in New York. We know New York especially. But when people come to Atlanta, they feel relaxed. They feel at home. They're chilling. There's no there's no paparazzi. There's not a lot of hoopla. Everyone in Atlanta has that I think I'm somebody vibe, so there's not a lot of like fans in Atlanta. So everyone comes out here, and they're just chilling. They're out, and then they're much more willing and open and receptive to real conversations. So I tell people all the time, like, you have to just come to Atlanta. Just come out to the clubs. Go to the events. I met all the people that I met from going out. When I moved here from Cleveland and I went to SCAD, I just used to go out five days a week, and I would just meet so many different people. So I would meet the Coach K's, Shaka Zulu, people like that, and I would just get their contact. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but <laughs> we're going to stay friends, and I'm going to figure this out. Yep. And it worked for me in the end, in the long run, especially some of my clients, like with Lou Williams, who plays for the Sixers. I mean, the, I'm sorry, who plays for the Clippers. He's the sixth man of the year. That's what I was thinking. Yep. But um, that was just a friend of mine that I met out 10, 12 years ago, and – we just maintained a friendship. And so it was one of those things that once I did launch my business, he was the first person I called and he hired me immediately before I even knew what my company name was going to be. But it was based off of relationship and me being genuine and helping him and just being out in these streets. But you have to go out with a mission and a goal because the problem is, is that people go out and they just kick it mm -hmm. and they get drunk or they're hanging and they didn't mm -hmm. meet anyone. They didn't exchange <laughs> any contacts. They didn't show and yep. tell anyone about themselves. So you have to know how to actually network and the key of networking is follow up. So knowing yep. how to follow up afterwards and maintain that relationship. Yeah, there's networking events all over uh, the city at any given time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a part of an organization called NARIP, and we usually do a mixer every quarterly mixer, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, and that's just industry people coming and talking. I'm a little plug there, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that around. I know TuneCore does a few things, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if those opportunities are coming into your email box and you're yeah. hitting delete, I mean, I, I question you have really kind of the, the lifestyle and the personality to do this because like you have to really look at that and say oh I see an opportunity and I'm willing to go out and try to make the most out of that opportunity yep. and actually, oh, go, let me go first go <laughs> I just want to piggyback off of Sean really quickly for TuneCore one amazing event to think about attending is our artist consultation series actually which Sean has participated in before and it's basically here in Atlanta it's speed networking style you meet with industry experts to learn more about the business and how to navigate it and it's just super fun super organic um, and a great way to network so plug for TuneCore I met Rick Ross there. There, man, I still yeah. talk to him. He's great. You <laughs> said what? I met Rick Ross there. Oh yeah, I'm not the rapper. Like, we gotta clarify. Rick Ross, my guy. Executive. Yeah, radio. Because there's yeah. two. That's my guy. I love Rick yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for my interns too, I always have a rule like when we go to events, not necessarily at the strip club. Some people act weird, but some people are cool there. Um, but generally, you have to get like two or three numbers because your network equals your net worth. You know, so exactly. you need to expand your network. So, um, and I've met like guys. There's, a, for example, a story. I met like D when he had cash out from base D from bases loaded, and we was just standing over there by the bar. I didn't know who he was. It's like, yeah, I'm D. I got this new artist cash out, 
And this was before Cash and I came out. So it was like, <laughs> we talked, exchanged numbers. The next day, I had Sunny Digital in the studio with Cash Out. And then fast forward, like a couple of weeks later, Sunny didn't produce the song, but he came out with the song Cashing Out. Cash Out did. And it's, it's took off. But me, to this day, me and D still do business because of an exchange that we had in the strip club. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So I want to go back to social media for a second. Um, I know that we talked a little bit about like how to really work on that area or for artists on how to work on that area. But how, I guess, how often should folks post? Like, I know, um, Rico, you talked a little bit about being authentic, you know, not posting something that makes no sense for you as a person and obviously you as an artist. But how often should you post? And what kind of content should you post for those independent artists out there that really want to enhance their social media presence? And this is for everybody. Yeah, um, maybe... This might be your question. Yeah, I, okay, go ahead. I go. I take meetings at Instagram all the time. Yeah. So from our artists, and I bring them there whenever we do New York press runs. And so we got the full breakdown, guys. So here is the answer. Uh-oh. Yeah. I have it for you. I took a 20-minute video wait. on my phone just so I could keep going back to it. But the first thing is, is you have to, we're on algorithms, so we all understand that. So people... You may see a post from five days ago before you see a post that was posted three minutes ago. But it all depends on your popularity and engagement. So you have to post at minimum of three times per day on your page. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to have a lot of posts on their page. So go ahead and archive some of the old ones, whatever. But you have to post at least three times a day to get the system to start remembering you and putting you on the Explore page. Now, from that point... um, what we learned, because even when we broke down, um, when I went took the whole grand hustle there, and we broke down Tip's account, and we realized that with Tip, people actually were more they they resonated more with his organic posts rather than professional pictures, and that's another big misconception. We think we have to get a real photographer, and they have to take all these fly ass pictures, and it's like, actually, people just like the cell phone ones that's like you and your boys or whatever. Um, also, with videos, I know we got so excited when it was the 60-second thing, but we have a tension span of maybe 15 seconds. So trim your vi- your videos back down to 15, maybe 30 seconds, and don't have them 60 seconds long. Um, when we do stories, you have to do up to 10. They say not more than 10 because then people start getting lost in it. They get they, they click out. They exit. You're, when you you know when you go on some story and you just see a million little dots, you're like, oh, no. And you exit out because you're like, I'm not watching all of this. But the story actually needs to tell a story. So what I tell artists is, for example, if you have a show that day, first story is you wake up, what's up, y'all? Catch me at Smith's Old Bar tonight, blah, blah. And the next one can be you heading to the mall, just kicking stuff, laughing with your friends in the car. Then you're showing them the outfits you're picking out. Then you're warming up. Then you're at the show. Then a few shots of the show. Then it's the aftermath. You have to tell an actual story because that it's like a movie. When people watch a movie, they want to see what happens next. If you do a bunch of random stories, it's like, okay, I don't really, all right, <laughs> let me get out of here. And um, lastly, you just have to engage. A lot of artists don't engage on their page, meaning like not just like the comments people leave, respond back. Follow those people. Follow fans, you know, because that gets fans excited. Then they repost, oh, my God, such and such just followed me. But you have to stay engaged every single day because the whole point is that the more you're on Instagram, the more you're posting, and the more you're making posts that make sense and engaging with your audience, you'll be on that Explore page. And that's everyone's goal by us being on algorithm. Got it. Now I have a question on that. Mm-hmm. So is it recommended that you keep your comments on and not turn them off? Because I know personally yeah. I turn my comments off. See, you have to keep them on. And honestly, as an artist, you have to be 
strong enough to understand that there are going to be a lot of people who hate you and there are going to be a lot of people who love you and you're going to get hate mail every day. That's just the reality of becoming a celebrity. And if you're not ready to face that as an artist, then maybe you're not ready for this career path at the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if it's like a picture of your kid and you just don't want people, because, you know, people are rude on the Internet. I understand that. But when it pertains to, like, your music and just your regular posts, you need to have the engagement on there. Like, if the engagement's not there, then it's not going to put you on the explore page because that gives people an opportunity to make your post popular. That's the point of engagement. The more comments and the more back and forth, it makes the that picture more popular and it will land on the explore page. It's called page. social proof. Right. Actually okay. word for it. And it's called comment hygiene when you're uh, when you're responding to people and we I use it to point to different things. So like right now we're pointing all of our comment hygiene at Spotify because our goal is to increase Spotify streams. So <laughs> we're saying, hey thanks for coming by and leaving a comment. Check us out on Spotify and we have a link right to it. You know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean if you're not doing that you're not doing your job as the, the social media person exactly yeah. okay. and i heard like i don't know um maybe you know the answer <laughs> but like depending on the platform you do certain things like i know when certain some people have like there's facebook instagram and twitter all linked in the one um or maybe i, I think something like that um yeah but i don't i honestly don't recommend that i feel like if you're gonna like be like if you're like very very talkative and you want to like get your point out I say go to Twitter for that like if you want to just have a like a long standing conversation right you know I don't want to see that on on my Instagram I just want to look at the picture and like it and move on well, okay. if you do Hootsuite and stuff, like, it's 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 helpful, like, right? It, it's easy, but at the end of the day, then everyone knows it's robotic, and yep. you're not yeah. really being genuine. So it's like, okay, I went on his Twitter, he said the same thing he said on this one, the same thing he said on Facebook. Like, I'll take the same picture, and I may post it everywhere, but I may do different captions or different things just so they can understand that this is me here, and I'm yeah. actually logging in myself and <laughs> writing this. Um, and because I, I tell artists all the time, I don't want to really manage your personal social media. Like mm-hmm. I'll send you, a, like I send all my artists their their posts that they have to post, and I may put a caption. Then I say, listen, tweak it because I don't I don't talk like you. So make it sound like it's yeah. you, and and give it your own flair. But it has to seem organic. It can't seem like very important robotic. Yeah, yeah, you can't seem like your manager's posting for you. Exactly. It's called speaking in your own voice. And if you have a manager that does it for you, that's great. But he has to be able to emulate your voice mm-hmm. and come yeah. off as authentic. <laughs> like, <laughs> he actually should be right problem. there saying, yeah. do, "Is this cool?" You know, yeah. right? I, I'm like, I'm like making captions like, "No rap cap." Yeah. Like, is that good, guys? And like, yeah. no, it's lame. Yeah. And I'm like, well, hey, this is why you need to make your own captions. Exactly. I don't know. So, quick question again, still on social media. Let's talk a little bit about DM etiquette because oh, I've uh, spoken about this before. I, I kind of struggle with that. <laughs> I personally do not do business in my DMs. I have just recently gotten into the flow of responding because people have, you know, for me, people have questions on TuneCore, and I never want someone to feel like, you know, we're not being responsive. I'm an extension of TuneCore. So, if I'm not responding, then we're not responding. So, I presently respond to dms on TuneCore, um but for a while it's you know i just I'm, I'm i just wasn't a dm person so for each of you do you feel like for artists that are looking to again gain exposure on their releases um you know do you feel like it's okay for artists to dm executives or other people to do business or no, it's not okay. No, if somebody DMs me, I immediately try to move the conversation to email for several <laughs> reasons. You know what I mean? But mostly it's like it's on the record and I talk about money. So like I gotta I gotta really have a record of everything yeah. I say. Yeah. And I also 
don't like talking on the phone a lot, especially when it comes to money, because then you can say, well, he said this and he right. said that. Yeah. And it's Be like, paper trail. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you know, I, I, I know old school promoters and some of those guys will definitely do the whole, I'll talk to you tell you one thing and then I'm going to do another thing. And then there's no paper trail and I'm, I'm not that guy. So mm-hmm. I'm immediately, anybody contacts me on any, any platform, including text message or whatever. And it's a, it's a conversation about business. Yeah. My first response is go ahead and email me here, right here. And yeah. I, I will continue. I will not continue to respond after yeah. that email. <laughs> and I love that you said that because that is my, the way that I move now. Like, I'm like, hi, uh, great to connect with you. Please email me. The right. link is on the profile. Like, I yeah. want to put that in caps because it's I'm like, I have a pro- yeah, yeah, and I have a profile that has my email, but people still DM. So yeah. I love that you said that. I'm not alone. My wife um, doesn't like it when I try to move her to the yeah. email. <laughs> <laughs> generally, um, generally, I won't say how many I have, but it's a lot. I don't respond to, like, random producers or artists just emailing me. I mean, uh, DMing me. Um I just, just honestly, because I just don't have the time. Like they'll send me a link, and I'm, and I definitely don't want them to email me. Like so, if you want to get in touch with me, like I have assistants, I have interns, I have trusted sources, people mm-hmm. you know that Rico can has say a staff. Yeah. <laughs> so, he even puts us through the staff. Yeah. Look, when we reach out to Rico, we gotta right. get diverted. Shout to out to Brittany because right. yeah. I've been routed to Brittany. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm like, uh, if, if they like say it's cool because it's like. You only have so much time in a day, yeah. and I and I just don't have the time. I, I have to listen to my own client stuff, you know, that beats. So I can't listen to you just sending me a link, you know. No, but if you want to catch my attention, there's a way to do it, yeah. and it's not my DMs, you know. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about before. If you catch somebody out in a bar and uh, and you buy them a drink, I mean, it can go a yes. long way. Yeah, and it, that works. That, it, it really works <laughs> a lot better than trying to approach somebody through an email. Yeah. Cold, I love Moscato. Cold email. Yeah, Moscato. Like but see, not. then that's, see, I'm on the fence, guys. I'm devil's uh-uh. advocate with uh-uh. this. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because I've honestly landed a lot of business yep. through social media. Yep. But it's about your approach. And my approach is never like I'm trying to do the business in social media. It's more so like, hey, let's connect. Here's my contact information. This is kind of an overview of what I'm trying to get done here. I've reached out to your team. Ain't nobody responding. (laughs) This is where we're at with it. But I've done a lot of business that way. And like you said, it's when you cold email people, they don't really know what you look like. They don't know who you are. At least on social media, they can kind of go to your page like, okay, mm. this is a legit person. Because that's when people hit me up on social media. I have to I go through their – if I catch it, mm. then I am going to go through their page. I'm going to take a look. Like I, I try to take a look at as much as I can. And I'm like, oh, okay, this actually is interesting. Maybe I can – okay, let me give them my email and see what they're really talk, speaking about. Um, because someone just DM'd me about doing a panel for Google. Mm. So And now I was like, well, that's Just funny. Don't. Okay, and I, if I had I not checked this because it went to the other side. Mm. So I will say it's just there is an etiquette about it. You can't send a 30-paragraph <laughs> message with links to music, with this, that, and the third. You know, you have to have, like, just very short and simple. Like, hey, I'm an artist. I would love to connect with you at some point. When, if you have time, you have to, you know, be mindful of that. And then, you know, hey, the worst thing they can do is say no, but it's the exact same as emailing because I know, like you said, for me, you can email me all day. I get too many emails, <laughs> so therefore, I'm, I'm uh, what I would, how I would respond via DM is the same way I feel about in my email, yeah. especially if you text me and I don't know you. Yeah. So it's just you know, there's a lot of I feel the same way across the board. So to me, yeah. I feel like social media is the only space where you can really 
get access to people that you may not have ever met. If they're in L.A. and you're in Atlanta and you can't, you don't have the funds to get out there. Like, how else are you going to reach these people? And if they don't respond, they don't respond. It would be you're in the exact same position as you were before. But at least you can take that opportunity. But just have some type of etiquette and couth about it. I would say yeah. something like, uh, "Hey, I'm interested in booking uh, a, a gig at your club. How, what's the best way to go? About exactly. Doing that? How would I reach out right. to you and then and kind of leave the ball in their court and don't. Yeah. Don't send the whole pitch. Right. Oh, you know, That's the thing. Yeah, the you just have to give a little brief overview of like what I'm just attached. enough to say. Exactly. Yeah, just a little tiny bit like, hey, I want I'm trying to interview your artist at South by Southwest. How can I contact you? Then yeah. I go, okay, let me go on their page. Exactly. Oh, they write for okay. Now yeah. I can reach yeah. out. Now we can figure this out. But yeah. that's, like you said, just keep it short and like a little bit, just enough so that we know that you're trying to do something serious. Exactly. Yeah. Because once you send me too much information, yeah, I, I'm gone. Yeah. I can't even do it. Same thing in the club. We're in the club and I'm, we like, <laughs> we, you know, I'm focused. But I don't, we can't, don't, you can't, don't close the deal. If we didn't come together, like, don't close the deal in the club. Like, bro, it, oh. just get my info and let's yeah. just take this. Yeah. Talk you about can just ask for somebody's card. Yeah, yeah. like, don't yeah, like a 10-second pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need an elevator quick pitch and yeah. just exchange contacts. Yeah. That's what yeah. I said. Yeah, the key exactly. to the networking is the follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can get everyone's number in the room, but if you don't follow up, then you just did nothing. Listen, if exactly. we really don't want to give you our card, we're going to say something like, oh, I'm fresh out. Right, okay? exactly. 90% of the time. Everybody has phones, right? So here, the time, phone? <laughs> you know, like you're just gonna you, you appreciate when you somebody say, "Hey, are you the booking guy for Smith?" Yes, I, I am. Oh, okay, cool. I really want to talk to you about getting a gig. Don't stand there and describe your music to me in a loud yes. club. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, because you're like, huh? that's crazy. Like, no, yeah. this is the best one. Listen to this. Say, I'm like, hey, bro, you have a card or a like, contact or something. <laughs> I have a wallet full of cards. Yeah. Oh, and I own a recording studio. Hey, I'd love to talk to you about your recording studio. I'm gonna give you my card right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Here's yeah. my card. Here's my cell phone. Give me a call after five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just want to chime in on this too. Um, you know, I'm very big on reading. Mm -hmm. If I have an email link on my profile, yes. defer to that. Yes. I just I just want to put that yes. out there. It's very frustrating when people reach out and say, hey, I really want to connect with you. Can we set up a call? And I'm like, but the email was right on the profile. Yeah. No. Right on, for me. And, and I actually have had people where I say, all my information's in my bio. Like, I, I could have easily just given them the yeah. email, but but now I feel like if you really were doing your research, right. you yes. know. Yeah. But I had to take our company phone number off my profile because I started getting, like, yes. random calls yes. from stalkers. And I'm like, oh my god! Like at Can't do 4 a.m. And I'm yes. like, what? Is, okay, see now, now this is why <laughs> no. social media is a mess. This yes. is why I can't do this. Yes. And pe I feel like it's it's amazing. Social media is like fantastic, but it's also made people so lazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you really have got to read. Like yes. you know. If no one, I feel like DM is only appropriate when you have exhausted all of your exactly. options mm -hmm. on how to contact someone. Yes. If I didn't have any info on my profile, if you couldn't find me at TuneCore, whatever the case may be, sure, DM me because I've made it hard for you. Yes. <laughs> but that's not the case. The yep. email is on the profile. Right. So please just hit the email link. Yeah. I just want to express I mean, some people hit me up and they'll go, I want to talk to you about <laughs> booking. And I'm like, I book a club. Uh, a band right, like studio. What, so like where, exactly what you yeah. want to talk about. What it, kind you know, of booking? And, or just like, what's your right? You know oh, what no, I mean? That, like, that's yeah, what yeah, I, and yeah, and right. I will say, I for hate what? that because yeah. everyone reaches out to us and the first thing they ask are like, how much you charge for PR? And I'm like, 
Whoa. That'll First never, all, that'll is, never get a what about Who are you? Yeah. What's the product or client? And like, we need to have a real conversation. I don't yeah. have a flat rate. And I always tell people all the time, I don't have flat rates. I don't have flat rates. I don't know. I don't well, know that's, what I charge. That's when I always <laughs> give them. I don't know what I charge. I, I always give them the screw you rate. When yeah. I, that's everybody. Ten else. million yeah. dollars. We're going to charge this. And if you're stupid enough to pay it, I'll, I'll continue talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope that everyone has really <laughs> learned you know, how to have proper etiquette when it comes to social media, because that's really, and it also ties into your success as an artist. Like, you have to be more business-minded when it comes to that. Even though it's social media and it's expected to be more of a casual, you know, way to connect, it's still business, so keep that in mind. I mean, a lot of artists, they just they just don't educate themselves on any part yeah. of I'm business. I'm not sure oh. I understand. Oh, God. <laughs> Neither Siri. do we. Listen, <laughs> my Siri has just been going off lately, and I'm, like, my phone will be across the room, and I'm just not feeling it so i'm sorry you all but a lot of artists they don't educate themselves on the back end of the business and then that's how they land in these terrible deals that's why they they go through managers every every three months they have a new manager a new team a new book and like they have to really like take the time to really understand the business read over your contract yourself yeah always hire your own lawyer because even because even your your manager's lawyer may not be in your best interest like you're only yourself you're only as big as you want to be and everyone's only going to work as hard as you work so if you don't do those things and a lot of people love to take advantage of green people so if they see that you just don't even care about any of that stuff like they're like oh we can redline a lot of stuff and then we can put a lot of little disclaimers in this we know it's not getting looked at now you're in a 360 all of a sudden and <laughs> and you have no clue how you owe this person you're in a, a 10 album deal and now you just don't know and there's a movie yeah. made about you in the end there's some guy keeping all your music and then exactly. you're going oh he owns all my music <laughs> no, you didn't look at the contract right. before you just, signed it yeah, yeah. they don't want to educate themselves so it's important to take those workshops and courses in class, that tune course, Spotify. A lot of people have been offering them. Like you really have to like be educated and do your research. Yeah. So winding down, final two questions. The first is what resources would each of you suggest to independent artists on how to gain exposure? Are there any books that you would suggest or any other additional resources? Um, there's there's some podcasts out there for sure. I uh, particularly been listening to one called the Creative Juice Podcast, and that kid's you know he's really good about uh, just paid traffic and social media marketing and stuff like that. There's a lot of other podcasts you can listen to that. There's so many different avenues, so to speak. But um, that's a good one. It's it's free. It's on Spotify. Just go ahead and take it. Start taking a listen to it. And the guy mm-hmm. comes out every week with new content. And he's talking about things are relevant to indie artists in specific. He's not yeah. talking about people who are signed to William Morris and Sony Records. Yep, yep. yep. Um, on my side, I'm always, like, posting cool stuff, like, information that I that I read and find, uh, whether it's uh, from, like, Billboard magazine or Hits Daily Double. Like, I'm posting charts and graphs and things of that sort. I'm always posting uh, things on, on um, my Instagram, too. So, um, And then there are some cool... I watched... Uh, like every day I watch uh, Everyday Struggle. I was watching it yesterday. There was a Steve Stott was on there. Had some really cool information. So the information is out there. It's like, what are you doing with your time? And um, if you want it, you can pretty much get it if you really want it. But yeah. I just piggyback on that. Um, YouTube has everything. Yep. Google, you can find anything. It's about you trying to understand what your void is and what information you need to know and searching for it and honestly educating yourself on it. There's ample amount of books. I haven't heard of that podcast, but now I want to listen to it. I mean, there's, but there's other podcasts like you have to really want to 
retain some information and, and educate yourself. So again, like take the time out as much as you go to the studio, you need to take a lot, an hour or two a day to just research and understand what's going on in the business of things. But I will say a good tool to use to get contacts, I'm just gonna give a little hidden gem. It's called Rocket Reach. Okay, it's like fifty dollars a month. It's like fifty dollars maybe a month, but it's a good investment because all you have to do is copy and paste people's LinkedIn or IMDb, and they give you all their emails, everything. So you need people's information. There you go. Wow. Okay. Rocket Reach, guys. There's a hidden gem there. Yeah, that is. And then final question: What final advice do each of you have for independent artists on how to succeed in the business? Um, I think if you're starting off, the one thing I can tell you that will help you the most is you don't need anybody else to do any of these things for you. You can do them yourself, and you should not hire somebody to do anything for you until you do not have enough hours in the day to manage it yourself. You don't need a manager if you're sitting around playing Nintendo all day. You have plenty <laughs> of time to do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because exactly. and, and you're not going to get one because there's nothing there to manage yet. Okay, yeah. uh, you can do your own booking until you're all of a sudden you look around and you're like, I just booked a 40 date tour and I'm on the road all the time and now I can no longer be the guy who books the tour and the guy performing the tour. So you don't need a tour marketing person until you legitimately are playing a certain amount of shows and there's marketing budgets available for that person to spend that money and allocate it for you. You know. Yeah. Um, you don't need a publicist right off the bat. I'm not trying to talk anybody no, at work here. Please but tell if them. you if <laughs> <Tell> you <laughs> and you certainly don't need to hire the biggest, most expensive one you find. You know, you can reach out to some of these labels and blogs yourself. Go get a few pieces of press on your own. And then when because they need a stepping stone to get to to get you to the Rolling Stones, the top tier outlets, you know? So just try to do as much as you can yourself. You don't even need a big producer. I, I'll talk myself right out of some business. You know, <laughs> so you can record stuff in your house that sounds great by yourself. I, I wouldn't suggest not working with a producer for the rest of your life. You can learn a lot by working with a producer. But you don't have to hire people to do all these things. You can exactly. do them yourself. And you should only start hiring people until you are completely out of time and can no longer manage the day-to-day -day process of your, of your organization. Got it. Yep. Um. Um, for me, it would just be to network across. I think a lot of people always think instantly you have to network up and go to the top dogs and the big hunt and the, yeah. the the big people. And honestly, those people have to see some type of value before they really work with you. And from us, just even when we started out, like I came in with and I found videographers, photographers, graphic designers, people who are hungry. There's so many creatives and there's just so many people who are just as if not more talented than the people who have been in the game, but they're on the same page as you. So you guys come up together because that's when it turns into you can do this all by yourself or you can do it with a team that is on the same level as you and they'll do it for free. It's a barter system thing. We all come up together. So when we were coming up, we had photographers, videographers, and different people, and now I'm, I'll make sure I give them all the work that comes our way so now they can quit their their other jobs and they can actually work full time because we all came in together. So understand that the people who are in your reach honestly may be a better market for you to get into. And you may find a good manager who is someone who's really hungry, not your friend, but someone who wants to be an artist manager and is hungry and ready to do this. They may have interned for Rico for three years and now they're like, I got it. I think I, I understand. <laughs> One semester. Three years. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They, they, may, they may understand it now and they want to do it on their own and they can take the pay cut and because they just want to get on. So you have to network across. 
Yep, I totally agree. Uh, I remember just to piggyback on that, um, I was managing a client and he was like, Man, I want to be in the studio with T.I. I should be in the studio with T.I. I'm like, This guy has zero resume. I'm like, Who doesn't want to be in the studio with T.I.? I'm like, Find the next T.I., find that guy, and y'all come up together. Um, but also, I would say, Don't be afraid to bet on yourself. Like, um, there are no losses, only lessons, you know. So, like, and that's going to be your biggest investment. Like, I learned the most. Like, and when you, when it's your money and you mess it up, you really pay attention, like, ooh, I'm not going to do that no more, <laughs> right. you know. But if it's someone else's money, you kind of like, but you really pay attention. You become, have like laser-like focus. And so when I bet on myself, I've never lost. It's only been lessons, you know. And it's the, it's so rewarding, too, you know, like um, just to see stuff germinate from the ground up. Like, yeah, we can chase these next, the, the guys that's hottest now, but who's next? You know, what's next? Like, and that's the, I get the greatest joy out of, like, finding something that no one has ever heard of. I'm saying, let me see if I can do this again. Let me see if I can break right. from zero to 100. You know? It is a good feeling, like, when you can break an artist. Like, yes. when you see an artist flourish and you know you've been there since day one, like, you had the track record now to show, like, yeah. I, we started at nothing and, like, yeah. here we are now. Yes. And it's much better than when you could just kind of jump on to someone who's already popping. Like, of course, the check is good, but then yeah. it's kind of like – is this really me, or is it just because you're 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 already big? You yeah. know, yeah. I have yeah. friends in the business who manage you know big bands like Metallica and, and, and over at um, some of the bigger management companies, and they're they're all trying to be the, the they the dream is if you're in the business, you're trying to find the next big thing and mm -hmm. get yeah. them early and 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 break the artist. Exactly. That's that's the dream. Nobody's like, gee, I'm just loving working with these you know old artists that have been around <laughs> for so right. long. It's like you know? it's tiring. I want it's something just, new and It's great to have the check, but <laughs> right. trust me, the, the the uh, the the fire in our belly comes from finding the new. Yeah. The new That's music. what yeah. drives me every morning when I wake up. I'm like, who is the next great producer out here? And I'm list. I'm literally. List I'm like, hey, who you think? What do you think? Mm -hmm. And that was. That's what drives me. You know, you'll be surprised. Like that, I get the most gratification out of that. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. Thank you to Sean, Rico, Andrea. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. To our listeners, that's a wrap. Please don't forget to subscribe to Music Made Me, rate us on iTunes, and follow us on social media at TuneCore. Thanks for listening to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the individuals talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of TuneCore. Check out TuneCore.com to help you distribute your music, register your original songs worldwide, and more. Connect with us on all social channels at TuneCore. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. 